Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever is most applicable to you. Welcome to Movies and Stuff for Wednesday, July 5th, 2017. I'm your host, Rob Yates. Thank you so much for being here. Got a really good show for you, like I expected after July 4th. Some more news came out about all sorts of stuff. Uh, so we got some interesting news planned for you in this episode. We've also uh, got some more call-ins from listeners, so that's exciting. We're going to do some call-ins, and I'm going to debut a new segment at the end of the show. Also a little bit excited about that. Some updates for those of you who've been following along. Uh, I said I was going to get a Twitter. I do have a Twitter now. Uh, not a personal one, one for the show specifically. The Twitter account is Movies and Stuff, or at Movies and Stuff, but the stuff only has one F. Apparently there's somebody else out there who stole movies and stuff with two Fs. Don't follow them. Or follow them. I, I don't care. Do whatever Do whatever floats your boat. But uh, if you want to follow me, you want to follow this show, know uh, when things have posted, uh, find out more news and stuff as uh, the weeks go on, that's where you can find that. At Movies and Stuff. Stuff has only one F, though. Uh, I also have a new email address. Hopefully it's a little easier if you'd like to email in questions, uh, comments, suggestions, ways to improve the show. The email is themoviesandstuff at gmail.com. Themoviesandstuff at gmail.com. Again, moviesandstuff at gmail.com has been taken by somebody else. So you can email them. They're probably not going to respond to you. Or maybe they will, wondering who you are. Um... Maybe they'll respond and say they want to give me the, the their email address so I can have just movies and stuff. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, if you have any questions, comments, things you want to talk about, ways to improve the show, things you like, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter. Feel free to send me an email. Or you can do like some listeners already have and use the Anchor app to call into the show. If you haven't used the Anchor app, the Anchor app is really cool. No, I'm not getting paid to promote it. Maybe I should be. If you think I should, go ahead and contact Anchor. Would love to get paid for promoting Anchor. Um, but seriously, it's a really good app. Uh, helps me create the show that you're listening to right now. So, without further ado, let's get into the news. Our first news story... Sony wants Edgar Wright to do Baby Driver 2. While talking to Empire recently, Edgar Wright talked about how Sony wants him to do a sequel to his hit movie Baby Driver. He said, quote, The studio have asked me to think about writing a sequel, and it is one of the ones that I might do a sequel to, because I think there's somewhere more to go with it in terms of the characters. Most sequels you'd have to contrive something so they go back to square one, unless there's somewhere deeper for them to go. I think with Baby Driver, there's more that you can do in that realm, and I sort of have an idea that if you did another film, you would subvert his involvement in the crime in a different way, so he's not the apprentice anymore. Uh, very intriguing comments by director Edgar Wright. Um, he has not done a sequel to any of his movies up to this point, so that would be something new for him. Um, and I can't say it's something I'm entirely excited about. It's an intriguing concept. Um, I like the characters in Baby Driver. Um, and I think that specifically the character of Baby 
has some interesting moral ambiguity there that could be interesting to explore in a future sequel. That being said, I think Baby Driver honestly is fine as it is. It's a solid action movie that it feels complete and whole and entire, like an entire experience by itself as it is right now. Um, adding to that, I see more opportunities for you to um, kind of scar the impression people have of the first movie, right? First movie's really good. Second one's not very good. The first one takes a hit, kind of. I really like Baby Driver. I I, I don't think it needs a sequel. I think it's great by itself. That being said, um, if Edgar Wright were to do a sequel, he's saying all the right things. You want to make a sequel because you have a story to tell, because you, you have places to take the characters. And it sounds like he is he's considering that. He can see uh, places he could take those characters that would be interesting, that would um, necessitate a sequel. So it wouldn't be a sequel for sequel's sake, which is good news if he indeed does go through with it. That being said, I don't think he should. Um, I think it works great as a single movie, as an enclosed single experience and story. I just want to see Edgar Wright keep it doing his thing, keep making new movies, new ideas, new experiences. He's one of the most creative directors we have right now. You don't need to do a sequel to Baby Driver. Do another original movie. I like you best that way. Our second news story for the t today, a CGI Paul Walker was considered for The Fate of the Furious. Recently, Screen Rant had the opportunity to sit down with F. Gary Gray, director of Fate of the Furious, and discuss the way they approached Paul Walker's legacy. Here's what he had to say, quote, We had hundreds of conversations about the best way, the classiest way to handle and address Paul's legacy in this franchise. You know, there's multiple ways you can go. You could create a digital Paul and make him more of a character. You could leave him out and pretend that he's in this world anymore. These are all conversations we had, and we felt like the choice we made respected his legacy the best. And my understanding is that his family was really happy with how we treated him. End quote. Uh, it's very interesting to hear that they considered actually using a CGI Paul Walker. That's uh, something we've seen in more recent movies as technology continues to improve, as we the uncanny valley kind of becomes less and less of a thing with these... Um, not real, but real-looking uh, characters in movies. Um, we've seen this most recently, like if you saw Rogue One. Spoilers, if you haven't seen Rogue One, skip to the next section or something, skip ahead. Uh, but yeah, at the end of Rogue One, you have Princess Leia show up. Obviously, that's not Carrie Fisher. She did not film that at all. That is another actress who they then superimpose using CGI. Um, and I, I guess that's an interesting thing they could have done with The Fate of the Furious. Uh, but my problem is this. It, something like that right now still doesn't quite work, in my opinion. But the best use of it has been like Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One. As a cameo, as a short, oh look, somebody's there, done. If you try to put Paul Walker into The Fate of the Furious, either he ends up feeling more like just a cameo, like he's just the weird dude hanging out, or he's in the movie so much that it just it becomes blatantly obvious that he's not real. Um, it, yeah, so I think it's a good thing that they decided to move away from not doing that. They reference him in the movie. They talk about him. It's not like he doesn't exist. 
in this universe anymore. That character that he played still exists in the world. He has just moved on. He is not a part of what's happening in these movies anymore. And I think that's honestly the best way to still kind of um, respect his legacy and what he brought to the franchise while at the same time moving the franchise forward. Ultimately, I think the right decision was made, but very interesting that that's a route they considered going. Dunkirk will screen in 125 IMAX theaters across the country. Christopher Nolan's new war film Dunkirk will screen in 125 IMAX theaters across the country, making it the widest release in the IMAX format in over 25 years. Many directors like Christopher Nolan and Quentin Tarantino swear by the quality of actual film versus digital, especially the larger format IMAX film, which has a bigger, sharper quality versus traditional 35mm film. The large IMAX opening is surprising given theaters' tendencies in recent years to move towards digital projection and 3D movies. Nolan had this to say regarding the IMAX screenings. I have been a longtime proponent of film, particularly the IMAX film format. The immersive quality of the image is second to none, drawing the audience into the action in the most intense way possible. So, uh, I am a Christopher Nolan fi uh, fan. I like his films. Um... I think he's very good, but despite his love of IMAX, I've also loved IMAX separate from him um, for a long time. Before he got into that, I was still a big fan of IMAX, and the image is better. If you've actually seen an IMAX movie before, um, the, the screens are way bigger than normal. Um, like stories and stories tall. Uh, some theaters try to pass off the IMAX experience just by making a slightly larger screen. Um, go to a place that is an actual IMAX theater uh, or is actually projecting in IMAX. Um, it's very different. The movie is giant on that screen. Um, not all movies actually film in IMAX. In fact, most of them don't. But when a movie is, you can tell. And holy cow, is that image quality really nice. Um, but it's very different. What's interesting to me is um, a lot of traditional directors who prefer film versus digital are kind of in a losing battle. We are transitioning into more digital projection, into digital filming, which technically has a lower quality than actual film. Uh, but what's nice to see and why I brought this story up is that uh, Warner Brothers is still the one who decides whether IMAX screenings happen or not. Um, and they are giving the consumer options, right? Some people won't care in what format they see, and so they'll go to whatever theater is easiest, right? Some people do care, and this gives them more options as far as where they can go to see this movie. If they do want to see it at IMAX, as Christopher Nolan kind of intends it to be, then they can do that. Um, and my hope is, is that, like I said, it's a losing battle. We are moving into digital film, into digital projection. Um, someone say we're already there, right? So it's a losing battle, but studios still giving people the option to enjoy movies the way they want, um, that's a good thing. And so this move by Warner Brothers is a good move, I think. Uh, and if you've never actually seen a movie on IMAX, I encourage you at some point, um, maybe it's Dunkirk, go see a movie in IMAX, true IMAX, 75 millim or 70 millimeter. Uh, really big. Go see it. Um, there's nothing quite like it, at the very least. You might not be might not be your favorite format, but nothing quite like it. Good on Warner Brothers for expanding the release of this movie. 
Our final news story. Matt Reeves won't shut up about the Batman, and I love it. Okay, so one thing, listeners, that you kind of need to know if you're going to stick around for the long haul. I'm a really big fan of all Batman movies and incarnations, right? I love the cartoon shows. I love the live-action movies. I even love that dumb 60s television show with Adam West. May he rest in peace. Uh, I love it all. I love Batman. I think he's great. Um, So any news about Batman is good movie news, in my opinion. Um, Recently, director Matt Reeves, while promoting his new movie, War for the Planet of the Apes, talked about whether his next movie, The Batman, which will star Ben Affleck, uh, would be the start of a new trilogy. Quote, I have ideas about an arc, but really the important thing is just to start. You have to start with one. You know, you have to start with a story that begins something. And I would be lying if I could tell you that the arcs of apes were already planned out. Talking about the Planet of the Apes movies. Because it simply wasn't. It's one of those things where the characters was so potent and the possibility was embedded from the beginning. But exactly how you've got from A to Z is not something that existed. In fact, when I came in on Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the story that I wanted to tell was different from the story that they had even presented me. And so there are these broad ideas, I think, that sort of came to mind as Rise was created of how the story could be told, but they weren't explicitly laid out. And when Mark and I began Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, we knew what our goals were, but we didn't know how we were going to get there. And I would say that that more relates to the way that I see a Batman story, is a kind of ambition for a series of stories, but really the most important thing is going to be to tell a vital first story. End quote. Interesting. Uh, It's a bit of a lengthy quote there, but he's saying all the right things in my opinion. Um, We've talked about superhero movies a lot on the show already. The DC Cinematic Universe, uh, it's four movies in right now, and Wonder Woman is the first movie that is unqualified success with critics and audiences. Um, And so you kind of have to look at it not as sprawling movie series, not a trilogy necessarily, because if this new Batman movie is not good, if it's not telling a story we're interested in, or if it's not even telling a story at all, like Batman vs. Superman, um, we're probably not going to want sequels. And I think Matt Reeves is smart to take that approach to say, look, we want to create something that will create more and more movies. We want to maybe do a trilogy of Batman solo movies. But we have to start with one, you know, and you have to start and you have to find what's vital and what story you want to tell and tell that story. Um, So he's saying all the right things and honestly, make one movie and then if you have another Batman story to tell, and there's Batman's a character with lots of directions you can go, but tell your one story, figure out a second story if it makes sense with that same incarnation of the character and then tell that one. Don't plan it all out from the beginning. I think sometimes, and the Marvel movies as we've gone along have suffered from this a little bit, you can kind of lose some steam when you just, well, we're going to have a second Avengers movie, not sure what the plot is going to be, but we'll figure it out. I think if you look at at some of the movies, it was assumed there was going to be sequels in in the Marvel Universe, and some were better than others. Some had better results, you know what I mean? You need a story to tell, not just a character, you know what I mean? So anyway, Matt Reeves saying all the right things. This this movie hasn't even been uh, thrown into pre-production yet. I guess it's pre-pre-production. Um, but he's saying all the right things. I think he's a great choice as director. Very excited to see what he does. But he's right. One movie at a time. 
And I am waiting for that movie. Can't wait. I think it's going to be great. Let's do some quick hits to round out the movie news for July 5th. Power Rangers is on top of rental charts, which could be a good sign for a potential sequel. While its theatrical run was not great, solid rental sales could be enough for Lionsgate to greenlight more adventures. Yeah, the movie uh, Power Rangers was so-so in my opinion, um, and apparently a lot of people weren't even interested. The movie did not do nearly as well as projected or that the studio thought. But it did well enough that if DVD and digital sales and Blu-ray sales and all that, if those are strong, um, there could be enough money incentive for Lionsgate to greenlight a sequel and hope that they can build momentum. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I think it could be fun to have a second one. The first one wasn't bad, uh, but it wasn't great. It'd be nice to see them improve and, uh, I don't know, take that series in a direction we're not expecting. Thor Ragnarok is doing some reshoots. And they are looking for some hot dudes, apparently. The casting call is looking for, quote, Caucasian-looking men who are over 18 and between 5'10 and 6'1. It also notes, you will need to be fit, which is a very vague uh, qualifier. If I had to guess, fit means you probably need to be absolutely ripped, because odds are you'll be in a crowd of people around Thor and Hulk. If you're not in shape like me you will really not look in shape next to them. Really in shape guys might not look in shape next to them. So uh, if you're totally ripped between 5'10 and 6'1 and over 18, and, in, and you're in the Atlanta area, go do a Thor movie. Go for it. Finally, uh, at Game of Thrones convention, Con of Thrones, sound designer Paula Fairfield said that the Game of Thrones season 7 finale was 82 minutes long. Or will be 82 minutes long. Also, she said producers are considering having all of the episodes in season 8. Next, uh, the next season. They're considering having all those episodes be feature length. So that would mean like every episode's like 90 minutes long. Wow. Uh, I have not caught up on Game of Thrones. I am lagging behind. Um, but I am watching it. I'm getting there. Uh, but that could be very epic to have a season 8 that's just basically like 8 movies in a row worth of content um, very interesting very interesting we'll see how season 7 goes right and that is it for the news up next we're going to do some listener call-ins alright we've got two listeners who called into the show today uh, first off, returning from yesterday's episode is Andrew P. Anderson, who's here to discuss the new Christopher Nolan movie Dunkirk. Let's take a listen. I'm really going to have to agree with you. I'm a huge fan of war movies, uh, just in general. And Dunkirk slipped my mind. Dunkirk is coming out. It's going to be fantastic. I'm not a huge Christopher Nolan fan, uh, mostly because I think he's pretentious and he tries to say I'm smarter than you, which he very, very well maybe, but I don't know. I don't get the appeal of him, and I'm glad he's just doing a straight-up war film this time instead of trying to make you think about something. So, Andrew, uh, I'm sorry to hear you're not a Christopher Nolan fan. Personally, I really enjoy his movies. But if I'm being honest, I can see how his style of filmmaking can be a bit much at times. 
I'm I'm also happy to see him trying his hand at kind of a straightforward war movie, not any weird uh, sci-fi or weird um, psychological stuff. Just a straight-up war movie. I'm excited to see that. And the trailers for this make the movie look very intense in a very good way. Um, so I'm curious to see how it turns out. After you've seen it, Andrew, feel free to call back into the show and share your thoughts on whether you actually ended up liking it or not. And also, if uh, anyone else out there sees Dunkirk, or any other movies for that matter, feel free to call into the show uh, and share your opinions or ask me what I thought or whatever you want. Uh, call into the show using the Anchor app, email me, shoot me a, a direct message, or shout me out on Twitter or something. Get involved. Be a part of the show. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for calling in. Um, our second call-in is from the movie fan who doesn't understand the Michelle Rodriguez complaints about female roles in the Fast and Furious franchise from yesterday. Here's what he had to say. Hey, movies and stuff. It's the movie fan here, and I wanted to talk about Michelle Rodriguez complaining about the roles of women in the Fast and Furious franchise. She's been a major part of that franchise since day one. I mean, you look at her character arc, she's been a pivotal role all the way through. Um, you've got uh, Jordan Brewster, who plays Mia. She's been in it from the beginning. You had Elena, who's been in it for a while. It turns out to be Don's baby mama. I mean, I got a lot I can say about this. Gal Gadot has been in it. All of these women have been in it and have been powerful. Shoot, and one of the last ones, Ramsey, was like this hacker guy, and she was the primary focus of somebody that they was trying to catch down. So women have had a prominent role in this franchise for several movies, no more so than, than Tyrese or Ludacris or any of these other characters that go to support Vin Diesel and used to be Paul Walker. Continuing on from Michelle Rodriguez, I don't think people need to forget that this is Vin Diesel and Paul Walker's movie. The whole movie was about these two guys and everything else that happened around them was just supporting cats. And women have had a very big role in that all the way through, so I don't understand the complaint. Unfortunately, Paul Walker has passed away. The franchise is still continuing on and doing successful, so if it can get by without Paul Walker, I'm willing to bet it can get by without Michelle Rodriguez. So here's what I got to say about that. Bye, Felicia. Thank you so much for calling into the show, The Movie Fan. I think a lot of your comments are right on the money. I think the Fast and Furious franchise, more than most franchises, has done a very good job of creating strong female characters who are vital to the story. And personally, I think the franchise has done a better and better job of that as they've released more and more sequels, right? Uh, the only thing I can think of is that the franchise has transitioned away from being a purely street racing affair into a more action heist movie type of series. As they've done that, they've added some people like The Rock and Jason Statham to the core cast, while they haven't really added any new female characters to that, that core group. Um, is that what Michelle Rodriguez is talking about? Who knows? Um, she's being extremely vague right now. So your opinion, my opinion, everybody's opinion, at this point, it's all speculation. Um, while I'd hate to see her go, I agree with you that the franchise would do just fine if she decided to step away. Uh, that being said, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, what I think is probably more likely to happen is we're going to see at least one or maybe two big-name female celebrities get added into that core group of people um, along with The Rock and Jason Statham and Ludacris and Vin Diesel and everybody else, all, all the gang. Um, I think that's more likely than Michelle Rodriguez walking away. Uh, the Fast and Furious franchise has a habit of just kind of throwing more and more people into the mix. 
um, to solve their problems. And I, I don't fault them. Uh, Fate of the Furious Paramount was one of Paramount Pictures' uh, highest-grossing movies of all time. So they know what they're doing uh, as far as creating movies that draw in a lot of people. So if I had to guess, we're going to see more, uh, at least one, maybe a, a second strong female character, big celebrity, join the cast in the next ninth installment of the Fast and the Furious franchise. That wraps up listener call-ins. Thank you so much to Andrew P. Anderson and the movie fan for calling into the show today. Remember, you can also be a part of the show, too, by downloading the Anchor app and calling into Movies and Stuff, or by emailing me at themoviesandstuff at gmail.com. Also, if you hit me up on Twitter, I will do my best to check there each and every day as well for any questions that you might want to add into the show. Next up, I've got a new segment to close out the show. Alright, I've got a new segment that I like to call, Hey, That's Not Movies. So the show is called Movies and Stuff, and every once in a while, when I feel like it, I'm going to throw this segment into an episode and talk about something that's not strictly related to movies. So this podcast is mostly about movies, and occasionally you're going to get some other stuff thrown in there as well. Today, in our new segment, Hey, That's Not Movies, we're going to talk about streaming versus traditional TV. I know, not the most exciting, but I'm curious, and hopefully maybe we get some call-ins, maybe we get some people uh, who want to share their opinions and what they think about it. Um, We live in an age where more and more people are cutting the cord, they're not using traditional cable television or dish television, they're streaming everything over the internet, doing things like Netflix and Hulu and HBO Go or HBO Now or whatever version of HBO you're using. Um, And more and more that's becoming prevalent. I personally am doing that right now. That's how I watch all my television shows. I don't pay for cable, I pay for internet, and I stream everything. Um, Personally, I find a great benefit in that because I can kind of choose what content I want to watch when. Do I want to watch a bunch of Netflix shows right now? Okay, this month we're going to pay for Netflix. Do I want to watch and binge all of Game of Thrones and and watch some True Detective? Okay, I'm going to get HBO now. Is there some traditional television shows that are up on Hulu that I want to catch up on? Okay, I'm going to pay for Hulu this month. And so it kind of allows me to uh, a la carte pick what I want to watch on television. And so it it suits me better. Um, And I think most people in my generation, I'm I'm younger, uh, 29, uh, they feel very similar, right? We, we feel like, hey, I don't want to pay for a gazillion channels I'm going to watch. I want to pay for what I'm going to watch and nothing more. So I'm curious uh, if you feel any differently, anybody listening to the show. Um, do you stream everything like me, like I do? Or are you someone who prefers cable television? Uh, there is an argument to be made for that. Live TV is still better via cable. So if you're watching sports or award shows or anything like that, right, that happens live, those are still better on cable. Uh, part of the problem is that when everybody rushes to stream everything at once, right, if it's a, you're, you're trying to stream the Super Bowl, it happened to me this past year, you run into hiccups along the way because everybody's going all at once and the bandwidth gets taken up and they can't get internet to everybody fast enough. Um, so there's an argument to be made for watching TV that way. 
personally, I love my sports, but I watch far too many TV shows and other content that outweighs those live sporting events. Do you feel the same way, though? Um, that's kind of the segment, right? Like, I want, I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear your response to this. Streaming versus live TV. Where do you fall? What do you think is better? And when it comes to movies, we can go this route too. Do you prefer movies streaming or do you prefer them in the theaters? Or you'll catch it on TNT when it's on a rerun. How do you prefer to watch movies? Are you a streaming person or are you a live TV person? Are you a streaming person or a, a theater person? Um, and I guess if we're being honest, all of us are probably a combination of some of these or all of these. Um, but I'm curious, what is your preferred way of watching TV and your preferred way of watching movies? Call into the show, write into the show, email me at themoviesandstuff at gmail.com, hit me up on Twitter, um, let me know what your thoughts are. <laughs> has been Movies and Stuff for July 5th, 2017. I've been your host, Robert Yates. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this show. A shout-out to the movie fan. And Andrew, again, for being a part of the show during the call-in segment. Remember, you can also call into the show by downloading the Anchor app and calling into Movies and Stuff. Would love to hear your opinion about streaming versus live TV, about uh, any of the other things we talked about today, about the new Batman movie coming out in a couple years, about IMAX versus traditional film, um, about anything we talked about in this episode or previous episodes, or anything related to movies or stuff. Whatever you want to call into the show about, feel free to call in. I'd love your input. And hey, this is a new show. It's still growing. I'm still working out the kinks, figuring out what I would like to do. So if you have any suggestions for how to improve the show, let me know. Any of the plethora of ways you can get a hold of me on Twitter, via email, maybe calling into the show, whatever works best for you. Let me know how I can improve the show and make it a show not just for me, but a show for you and for all of us. Um, if you are listening to this podcast via a podcast app, if you're on Apple or if you're on Google, what could really help me out is if you subscribe to the show so you get episodes every day. Also, if you go and give me a review, give me five stars and, and tell everybody why you love the show. Um, that can really help out. I want this to grow. I want this to be something that uh, a lot of people can get involved in. So it's not just me talking at you, but it's something, uh, it's more akin to a, a conversation, right? You, you ask me questions. You talk to me. I share my opinion. You share your opinion. We kind of have this nice movies community because that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. It's movies, right? I love movies. Um, I love talking about movies, and I want, I want to engage in a dialogue. It's no fun just talking straight at somebody. It's more fun when you, you can have a conversation. So please be a part of the show. Go subscribe and rate, to the, sh uh, rate the show if you're using the podcast. Um, spread the word. Let's grow this thing. Let's make this a, a show that all of us can enjoy. Anyway, um, one quick thing before I close out here. Yesterday I teased a segment I didn't do. I was going to do an interview. Uh, I still plan to do the interview in the coming days. Timing of interviews is a little bit difficult if you've ever tried to interview someone. Sometimes schedules don't sync up. So uh, hopefully on Friday I've got an interview with someone and I think we're going to talk a little bit of Spider-Man. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for joining me. Go watch a movie. Enjoy your day. Till next time. Thank <laughs> you.